0: Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. And James, a happy 50th anniversary to you on our 50th episode of the pay to play podcast, the big five. I'm Frank. Guy, joined here with James, who I just mentioned. We are your one stop shop for all your sports and finance talk and in a crazy world like this. You guys need us more than ever. Uh, on today's episode, though, we will be joined by our great friend, John Fanna, the Fox Sports broadcaster and reporter. Uh, that deals mainly with the Big East. So he was uh, really on the front lines of all this uh, March sadness that we have going on. So we'll be discussing that with him, also the impact of coronavirus on other sports, a little bit of Cleveland sports, and a little bit about his life as well. After that, though, guys, we will discuss the markets. The markets are volatile. Uh, The Fed goes with the emergency rate cut to move interest rates to zero, resume quantitative easing. We'll tell you all about that. And we'll also finish you guys off with the best ways to social distance in a time like this. Uh, Right after our ad read here, we will get right into the interview with John. Hope you guys have a great day.
1: And now we are honored to welcome back for the second time uh, former St. Bernadette Bulldog, St. Ignatius Wildcat, Seton Hall Pirate. I've listed just about all of them off, but currently uh, Fox Sports on-air broadcaster and personality for the big east digital network john fanta john it's a pleasure uh, as it was uh, just about this time last year to have you on the pay to play podcast but always always good to talk with you in this time of uncertainty and chaos it's a pleasure
2: to talk with a couple of saint bernardette bulldogs so james and frank thanks for having me yeah
0: john, so john it's yeah it's great Yeah. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, What are you doing? You know, now that, now that March madness is canceled, how are you spending this time away from broadcasting? Well, spending time with grandma, spending time with family. I
2: mean, that's the the blessing within it. You got to make the most of it, right? You, you spend time with your family and try to catch up. Everybody always seems to be running a million miles an hour. So uh, perhaps this is the time to take a step back and, and just relish in the moment and catch up on your Netflix. Or like last night I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It was on Freeform. And yeah. and so you just, yeah, exactly, you just try to catch up. I mean, I'm still doing a weekly podcast that I do for Pure Hoops Media. But my heart breaks for the coaches, the players, and for the people in our industry that basically go game by game. Uh, and, and that's how they make their living. I, I'm really lucky uh, to have a situation with Fox Sports and the, and the Big East Digital Network. Uh, that that leaves me in in still an okay place and everything will be all right. Uh, But I think you just count your blessings, guys. And seriously, I've, uh, you know, I've got a grandmother who's uh, 84 years old and just been spending a lot of time with her.
1: Uh, That's great to do that in isolation too. So that one that while you're, while you're staying healthy, you got to make sure that's at least I'm no scientist here, but apparently we can be, you know, transmit,
2: i know yeah transverse. Yeah. stay six I, feet that's away
1: that's from, from your it.
2: It at all times. yeah right <laughs> i know i know it's scary. no i mean washing hands and using hand sanitizer and and uh it is it's something right it's just you want to be helpful but there's we're in a period of such uncertainty so i guess it's a time to keep podcasts rolling which is what you guys are doing and yeah. it's done
1: so well yeah and, and likewise for you john i know i've been a listener in and my One of my favorite segments is the buzzer beaters you guys do towards the end. Uh, you guys were talking about, um, you know, Hall, the Hall of Fame at one point. I don't know if it was in that segment or not. But here's the burning question on my mind. Now that you made your way back to Cleveland and, and all this mess, they did shut down. They just gave it the shutdown. Governor Mike DeWine said no restaurants, no bars. My question is, did you get it to Mitchell's Tavern before that was enacted?
2: <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Believe it or not, I did on Saturday. I did Saturday evening. I I went with Dad uh, to Mitchell's Tavern and and caught up there. And and when you go to Mitchell's Tavern, you get some garlic parm wings. So, uh, yes, I did, believe it or not, get to Mitchell's Tavern perfectly in character. And I will continue to, as I pass, right now I'm on where am I? We're on Lorraine Road right now. I'm driving and uh, I just noticed Nuevo Acapulco's location changed to the old Stamper's. That's a shocking development around here. Wow. I I I know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I always liked Nuevo Acapulco. (laughs) It doesn't seem right being in an Irish restaurant, but that's where (laughs) they are. But uh, Mitchell's Tavern is still rolling and I plan to still get takeout Wings from them. Uh, we got to support local businesses during this, yes. you know, because we want those local businesses to still be around when this does finally end.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, John, the place I, the local yeah, where do you go near me now, uh, the Backyard Bistro. That's where I met you up uh, back <laughs> during the Final Four in soccer, basically. Yes. Yeah, what was that? In December. No, I, so, yeah.
2: I would expect the Backyard Bistro still
0: serving wings. Where do you go, Frank? Uh, I've been... I've been uh, going to a few different places down in Columbus. A um, couple of small, small pizza places down here. Okay. Frank doesn't
1: want to give any free <laughs> free advertising. No, because I got like, There's, yeah. like three different
0: Podcast. pizza places I order from.
1: He learned that from his dad.
2: <laughs> hey, John, John, you got the <laughs> we'll St.
0: Patrick's Day plan still? Um, I know that holidays is coming up tomorrow. Most well, tomorrow.
2: I can tell you that here at the Fantas we still have a corned beef. We actually have two. There we go. We have two, one that's made and one that's going to be made, and Irish breads are made too, so everything is still a go. There'll be Irish music, there'll be there'll be food. I wish uh, I had my grandpa with me. He's in a nursing home right now, uh, so Man. thinking of him and praying for him, it's hard for people in nursing homes. Yeah. I mean, this is unthinkable, right, guys? You know, my, my grandpa, John Coglin doesn't get much more Irish than that, but I love him, and... And thinking of him, but on St. Patrick's Day we'll still uh we'll still celebrate and, and we've got corned beef. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have corned beef? Uh I don't know if I'll have any corned
1: beef, James. My family does yeah. back home. I've already talked with the parents uh, about it. I bought some frozen Reuben bites <laughs> that I'm gonna make in my oven <laughs> for simplicity's right. sake. And if I can find another local restaurant that has some, I might get some fresh stuff does, for take-out. Does
2: Donna Z <laughs> make corned beef?
1: Oh yeah, she does. She's got the uh the crock pot up and going a couple of days before and apparently they are eating good. Uh they eat good for, you know, two days before and then at least two days after. So she makes plenty. Uh she she gets after it. Go. Good. Good. I like it. See we're as bringing Irish positive vibes. As as Irish as Adjikowsky sounds, yeah. um, she she her she is about fifty percent. So yeah, there is some Irish in, in this blood, so yeah. We're we to bring the positive vibes any way we can. Right. And that's what we're trying to do here it, with this podcast. Hey,
2: ne- never forget Pat Connor's party. PC's party oh, back at how, Ed- how you? Was it? is it how called could you?
1: that place?
2: Edsai, you bet. Edsi, yes. Uh, PC, what a guy. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's a lot of people who don't
0: remember where they were at that party, <laughs> but yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> that's great. Uh what was I gonna say? I don't even know. Let's let's move on though, John. Uh, yeah, isn't this a sports podcast? Or- yeah, I think it is. Um, so we'll ask you about you, you were in the you were in the garden uh, when the Big East tournament was starting, uh, and you were there on the final day. The final half wasn't a full game uh, between right. St. John's and Creighton. Um, I actually lost a little bit of money betting on Creighton. They had a an ugly run. They gave up at the end of the half. There, it hurt me. But um, I know you talked on. Uh, another podcast with John Telich about uh, about what that was like being there, kind of the, the atmosphere. It was already really not open to fans, but uh, you want to take us through it?
2: It was shocking. It was eerie all at the same time, guys, because each team had a 200-ticket allotment, so you've got those fans in the stands. And it was 11.48 a.m. I remember looking at the clock. And uh, it was 11.48 a.m., the clock on my Apple laptop. And you start to see, okay, the ACC is canceling their tournament. The Big Ten's canceling their tournament. The Atlantic Ten's canceling their tournament. And I'm sitting there thinking, we can't be playing this game at noon, can we? Are we going to play? And I think that everybody around the game was thinking that as well. I was getting text messages from players who were saying, oh my gosh, like, I'm, I'm afraid to play today. Yeah. As this is all increasing. Like, I don't want to play today. You know, what do you think, John? That's what they were saying to me. And, you know, To lend some context on this situation, and Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman, she explained this at length in her press conference, the Big East had a league meeting before the noon game on Thursday. This is always scheduled with the 10 presidents from the schools. It's part of the legislative process of a conference. And I think that sometimes people think a commissioner of a conference can just make a decision and enact it like an Adam Silver does with the NBA. but. But this is the structure of it. You could talk about the structure and the fact that it might have to get changed. And and that's an understandable thing. But she has to go through her 10 presidents to make any decision. Uh, She can't just make because at the end of the day, a conference serves at schools. And so uh, Val Ackerman, you know, was meeting with her presidents. They were having a big meeting at a law office that's not at the Garden. They meet at a separate location. Before that Thursday noon game, and they typically wrap their meeting right around 1145, right around the noon time, to then get over to that noon game. It's the first of four games on the day. Well, as they were wrapping, Val Ackerman was finding out in real time. She, she said she found out around 1155 that all these conference tournaments were being called off. Well, think about it, guys. You've got players warming up. You've got everything ready to go. And you don't you don't want to make uh, a rash
0: decision within, you know, 30 seconds for that, too. Yeah, I understand.
2: Well, I think exactly. There's two sides to look at the situation, you know, and, and the questions were asked. Why didn't you just call it at that moment? And she made the point of I didn't want to have some dramatic pull the players off the court moment. You also have to think about this from a public relations standpoint. If they drastically pull the players off the court and have people running off the court, that's the image that would lead every sports center that would lead every show of showing players in fear, running away and all that. You know, they called at the at halftime when the players were in the locker room at that point, that's when they kind of made the decision and they figured out a way to get everybody out of there. But being in there as a media member, basketball was secondary. You're reading Twitter, you're talking with people in the facility, you're trying to figure out what exactly is going to happen. And then upon the cancellation of it, I immediately went into a back bunker With some other media members and some people. And in that bunker, we watched uh, Governor Cuomo's address. Uh, Governor Cuomo in New York, his address uh, to to people, talking about what New York City was going to do, closing down major venues, closing down Broadway. It was shocking. It was as disappointing and sad as it was absolutely shocking. And here we are today in a state of total uncertainty in a state of staying in your home, unless otherwise noted,
0: it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's the, like the most crazy times we're going through. feels like wartime. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really yeah, does. It's sad that we, we don't get March madness this year. Sad for the players, sad, yeah, it for is the, sad. sad for the workers, sad for you, sad for, sad for the fans, sad for everyone.
2: But I, sad for everybody, but we got to try to make the most of it. One point I've been bringing up to people is sometimes we only remember a player or a coach after their last game, which for every team but one, for every team but one, that means that they're losing. And we always go with narratives, you know, and I I get that. I get that. But by the same token, what this is going to make us appreciate is the road to getting there. You know, the fact that we typically on Selection Sunday, you get selected and it's a new season. We don't think about games in December or January. Well, this stoppage, at least in college basketball, is going to make us appreciate that. This stoppage might have us watching old clips of LeBron James and appreciating his greatness. You know, you're going to go back to YouTube and try to watch a moment that's synonymous with your sports life or your favorite movie that you grew up watching. Like, we're, we're always living in the future and typically this, this day, today, on Monday, we fill out a bracket and we're telling you what our predictions yeah. are. Well, instead today, I mean, I think we were going to talk, guys, about the bracket and about the tournament, and instead we're talking about everything getting shut down. So it's sad, but you got to try to make the most of it. And I've had Marcus Howard, the Marquette legend, uh, college basketball's leading scorer this season and the active all-time leading scorer actively. And, and we tried to just talk about his best memories – Uh, some, some things that people never knew about his journey and maybe you find something out about somebody or a team that you didn't know before, because this is a time of reflection and it gives people time to, to kind of, uh, cope with everything. So it's sad. It's disappointing, but look, we can't live in sadness. We can't live in this stinks. We got to try to make the most of what we're at. how,
0: How can people, uh, find your podcast?
2: They can find my podcast. So I'm at John underscore fans on Twitter they can find it at pure hoops media also on twitter it's on apple itunes it's on spotify it's everywhere that you could find your podcast the name of the podcast it's on apple itunes you you can download and subscribe the name of the podcast is full core press with Fanta and adams uh it's myself and kim adams go
0: listen to john and marcus howard be a probably great episode
1: yeah Yeah, it drops a little bit a little bit more professional than us but we we like to keep it very lighthearted and <laughs> fun here too. So not saying you guys don't by any means, John, I'm a big fan. Listen to that every Tuesday. That's my ride home from work. Big fan of that. Um, starting off with Chris Mack and Louisville. There's if, if you are a college basketball fan, like we were, I mean, we would highlight a team every episode Call and then we would call them the team to know come tournament time. We'd break it down for you. Uh, I still can't get over it quite myself, but here I am trying to make the best of it. Like you said, John, I don't think you really could have put that much better. Um, the way you just worded things. And I, I'll say this right now. You can't really, you need to just appreciate the past instead of living in the what ifs or the hypotheticals. So for personally, I don't like seeing these, you know, these simulations of what, what could have happened or, you know, what didn't. So when I saw the news that the committee was not going to release a bracket, I was okay with that. I was like, let's just appreciate what we saw this season. What did you make of that? I, I know that there are the, those rumors out there. I, I personally was okay that they did not, but Uh, Did you have any any thoughts on that? Well,
2: I I think that when you think about the NCAA tournament and you think about the selection field, when we're talking about potential automatic qualifiers that could win their conference tournament and you're just going to take the regular season champion, that's not the system in which the NCAA tournament field's been selected. Right. So St. John's was still in the field in, in that game that you bet on. St. John's was up at yeah. the half on Creighton. Was St. John's an NCAA tournament team? No. What if they had won the Big East they are, obviously. Well, then they are. So it's unfair with the season being incomplete to put together a field of 68 that accurately follows the protocol of fielding an NCAA tournament bracket. And look, I still think Rutgers – I still think Hofstra, a program in Rutgers that hasn't been in the NCAA tournament since 1991, Hofstra hasn't been since 2001. Those programs deserve to hang a banner. They deserve to celebrate their seasons with their fans. And there's got to be some language that kind of says, you know, they were a tournament team or they were a postseason team. But it's unfair to that Big West team or to that mid-major team that wins their conference tournament but never got to play it out to just take the regular season champion. Uh, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. So that's why they didn't end up doing it. And I know it stinks. I know people wanted a bracket, but you know what? If you're not going to play the
0: tournament, you don't need a bracket.
2: Why, why, yeah. why do you have a bracket? No, I agree. You know, it's almost, it's almost playing tomfoolery with us yeah. a little bit. So I get it. I, it stinks, but I understand why they didn't do it because it's not fair to teams that still might have gotten in or to a team that had a case, or to those bubble teams. We didn't have a completeness with the bubble because what if the teams, what if the team wins a regular se- or a conference tournament title and then knocks the team off the bubble and out of the field? You know, it's not fair just to assume that they yeah. would have made it. So it, there's multiple ways you could look at it, but that's why they didn't go
0: through with yeah, it. Yeah, I think I agree with that. That's honestly a great point. Um, you know, I think as a lot of fans did want to see it, they and especially like Dayton fans, were some of them, like, we want to see us as a one seed. And you don't get that validation of the great season they had, but you know, there is that validation. Everyone knows what a great season they had, what a great team they had. And it stinks for every team to not be able to beat, uh, a little bit more this season, but that's, that's the way life is going, obviously. But uh, what player, John, will you miss watching and covering the most, um, you know, that won't get another college game? Uh,
2: that's a really good question, guys. Um, you know, you know, I cover the Big East closely, yep. so I interact with a lot of those guys. And this is a situation where my heart just breaks for Miles Powell at Seton Hall. And I did go to Seton Hall; I did my four years there, but I also spent a couple of them and, and happened to have Miles as a as a peer uh, and as a fellow student. And, and what I can say is, Seton Hall was having their best season since 1993. They won their first Big East regular season title in 27 years. They were projected to be a two or a three seed in the NCAA tournament, and Miles Powell came back to Seton Hall to make a run for a national championship. That's why he yep, came didn't back. Didn't have to, and that got taken away from him. So I will really miss covering him. I'll miss being around him. He was a breath of fresh air. He brought relevance to Seton Hall, and it's really, really sad that he doesn't get a chance to write his final chapter. Uh, Typically I'd be talking about a Villanova player because they have so many great seniors in the years past. How ironic is it, you know, in the irony of this, Jay Wright keeps winning. He didn't have one senior on his roster in a year where they shut everything down. It's so strange. Uh, Even when we lose, it seems like Jay Wright and Villanova win. Uh, But for Seton Hall, this is so unfortunate. It's so sad. I feel bad for somebody like Miles Powell. I feel bad for the, the Weston brothers, yeah. right? You know, you, you feel you feel bad for all those different kids who didn't get a chance to make their mark. Even Obi Toppin and Dayton. I, I feel, you know, Obi's got a great NBA career, but I feel bad for Dayton fans who were living on this team, making a deep run, and instead it all ends short. So it's I feel bad for so many guys, but for Miles Powell and Seton Hall. Seton Hall, they don't have years like this. It, it's not supposed to happen there. They don't have many resources. It's a bottom three job in the Big East, and Kevin Willard had them positioned for a deep run, and now they can't have it. That stinks.
1: That stinks is probably it doesn't even do it justice <laughs> with that statement. But that's about all we can. That's about all we can muster up as you know observers, followers, reporters like yourself. And, and there's really no great way to go about it. But I, I think that that answer is fine. You acknowledge your bias. I, I totally get it too. Like you, you could. Pick out one of many players in that scenario, but um, definitely, definitely know where you're coming from there. And I, they were a team I liked watching this year. I mean, they, they were just they played good basketball through and through, and they were kind of. I remember you mentioned it earlier, like they were going through sort of a power struggle. There were some rumors of locker room issues. It seemed like they were sorting that out at just the right time, and you know when that gets cut short, it's just a damn shame. It's a damn shame. It. Yeah, it is. I, sw- I swore <laughs> I let it out. I've been doing my best to not swear during Lent. Uh, we, we pondered that, given that up for Lent, but I can't, I can't help it. It gets me a little too fired up. Well, you said um, that
2: you were yelling
1: at Frank earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't cussing at that point. No, no cussing. Just yelling? We, you know, we'll, we'll yell at each other a lot. It's that's, that's part of growing as a podcast closer, uh, and friendship as a podcast host. That's part of it. You have your struggles, but John moving right along from that, um, So, you know, it's basically every, not just college basketball that's being affected, but obviously this is when, you know, that would shine normally. Uh, But all of these leagues have kind of cut it out. You know, we have the basically groups of 50 or more being shut out for the next eight weeks. That's the recommendation from the CDC. Uh, Here's my interpretation on that. So I think every league will adhere to that. Every professional league, all college, you know, athletics. Um, I I would almost think that these leagues, though, they're going to, start crunching the numbers, realizing the revenue and money they're missing out on. And not only that, but obviously to cater to the fans, they're going to want to get a product back on the field or court, whatever it is, as soon as possible. But that might even be before the CDC would allow big crowds again. Could you see a return to what you saw at the Big East tournament where they're not allowing big crowds? They're only giving out the small ticket allotments to the the Essentials. Uh, do you think that would happen, and how do you think that would affect coverage going forward? At least it would give, you know, people like yourself and those in your field uh, a, a return to their jobs where they can start doing the coverage that they've been so accustomed to doing.
2: Yeah, I, I think that you're, you're asking, will we have things with limited attendance?
1: Yeah, that's sort of my question, and then I kind of piggyback off that. I know, kind of hit to give you a two and one right there. Yeah, but... no, no, no. I just,
2: I, I think that when we look at it when we want this to return, not to, not to kind of play it both ways, but do we want it to return kind of at 50, 50? And here's the thing. If you've got players, if you can hold a sporting event, think about all the players, the game ops crew, the media, the essential people at the end of the day, that's still a pretty large gathering. Yep. So I, I think that, you, you get you have to figure out um you have to figure out like if you're gonna do it i think you want to do it with the with the full operation why why chance it with just limited attendance i don't I don't know if that does anybody any good now baseball might be able to try it I mean <laughs> Somebody could throw a joke in and say the Indians don't have a lot of attendance anyway at times. You know what I mean? Like baseball might be able to try it because an Indians game in in late May or whatever doesn't get great attendance anyways. I
1: I think Evan Longoria made that joke about race. Yeah, exactly. Right. A lot of
2: of time there. Right. We're used to playing in front of (laughs) limited attendance. I get it. But you know, I, I think you're walking a fine line there too. And I think in the moment, there's no real answer to that. Now, if you're going to hold sporting events, you need the media covering them because it's, it's part of life. It's people get their news that way. They find, they find things out that way from quotes and stories and whatnot. But, um, hopefully eight weeks from now, we don't have to worry about having a small or a large gathering. Hopefully we find a cure for this. I, I, or hopefully we find a way to control it at the very least. Look, if eight weeks from now, we haven't made any hedgeway, considering everything shut down, then we really got some problems. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be thinking about holding sporting events. I think we're going to get there. I think by the summer, we're going to have events back. I think we'll find a way to control this, but I, I don't see us going, okay, we're going to start by doing restricted attendance. I think it's all or nothing. That's just my opinion. I, I don't think you'll see us ease back into it. I think you're either going to know you can hold an event, or you're you're going to know you can't hold it. Because here's the thing: if those twenty thousand fans, if if only having a hundred of them, if that's less of a threat, how so? How, how so? What's the chance? I know it. I know it's less people, but there's still a chance one of those people could have could have uh, a virus or something wrong with them. Yeah. There's always a chance. You know, let's find a way to control this, and so then we can live life normally again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I yeah, it's I, I kind of like the all or nothing idea there, um, but it could be. I mean, Trump said today it could be August that this. You know, we could be waiting a long time. So it's scary. But uh, John, we're we're Cleveland guys. You're a Cleveland guy at heart. Um, what do you think about the moves the Browns made today? They they've been picking up a lot of pieces here and there. Austin Hooper, the tight end. Uh, We got Conklin the tackle um, some good pickups. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think. Don't forget Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Case Keenum, Keenum, Frank. But look at Austin Hooper. 59 games, 28 starts, 214 catches, and nearly 2,300 yards in four years with the Falcons. And oh, wait, by the way, 16 touchdowns. A tight end who's catching four touchdowns a season and and could perhaps deliver even more. A tight end who's going to be vital for your offensive line. And a tight end, guys, who is second, is second from what I'm reading, in efficiency amongst all tight ends in the league. This is a move that's powered by Kevin Stefanski. And it says to me that there's some uniformity right now. You know, it says to me that there is some real traction here between the front office and the coaching staff, which is a good thing. Look, the Browns have won many off-seasons. I'm not going to say it translates to their record. I'll believe it when I see it. But here's the thing. They pick up Hooper. They needed help both at the tight end position because David Njoku hasn't been stable health-wise. And they needed help from a blocking standpoint. So when you combine both those things, uh, it's, it's good. That's a really good pickup. As for Conklin, what's the Browns' top offensive need? The offensive line. They get a tackle in Jack Conklin who is a very good tackle and who's been regarded as such. So the Browns addressed their needs on the first day of free agency and on the first day of the calendar year. And some people were saying, Oh, I don't like all these free agent moves. I want to draft these players. Here's the thing. The Browns had clear needs going in the off season. You'd have to be living under a rock to not recognize that they need people to block and that they need a tight end. They address those needs today. And for that, you have to credit them because they went out and got people that are regarded as talents on the roster. It's on the coach to get those talents together. It's on the coach to get them organized, but you know what? The front office today addressed those needs and Andrew Berry said he was going to be aggressive and people rolled their eyes.
1: He was yeah, aggressive I love today. That. Yeah, you summed that up really well, John, and I, I, I can't disagree in any in any facet. I've, I've been a guy that's been negative on the Browns for a while, too, and to the to the respect that I'm realistic about it. I don't think like you said, the winning the off season does not translate to anything until you see it in the win loss columns. And, uh, we haven't seen that to that point. Uh, but I do want to ask one quick question here. Um, the best, the best team in terms of win loss columns as of late in Cleveland has been the tribe. We joke about their attendance, but for good reason, because it, it has been, you know, in the latter third of the MLB, despite what they've done in that this now, what is it? Seven year stretch that Frank has been around. Um, so, Francisco Lindor, obviously, ended contract negotiations not too long ago. Seems like they're pretty far apart. The, this, it's not going to come to fruition is my way. I've, I've taken it. Uh, let's say in what's going to be a shortened season here, um, Indians aren't looking too hot about the halfway point. Do you trade them? Yes, because you, do? you have to get value
2: out of the situation. And I know Francisco Lindor is a must-see talent. He's excellent. Uh, But I think it only makes sense. I think it makes sense for them to trade him if the Indians aren't doing well because that is the time period in which you're going to get the most value, and it's the time period in which you've got to capitalize. I don't want to see the Indians go into tanking mode. Uh, I I don't wish what the Tigers and what the Royals have been upon my worst enemy. They've been just flat-out garbage. And I'm not saying the Indians would be that. (laughs) I'm not saying the Indians would be that, but – You've got to capitalize on value. If you just let Francisco Lindor walk and you get nothing for him and you weren't having a good season anyways, then what the heck are you doing? So uh, I, I know it hurts. It stinks. It's terrible. But at the end of the day, the pros of trading Lindor for valuable assets outweigh the cons of keeping him and not doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, you are kind of echoing the same thinking I had too. And and I, I suppose, I hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope that it's, you know, we have a contender this year and you can let them at least finish out this season and get something come next winter, whether it is kind of a Mookie Betts-like return that the Red Sox eventually got after that whole fiasco. But at least, you know get something out of it. So that's that's kind of the same way I envisioned it playing out. But I still think – I mean, it's going to be a more contested AL Central this season, no doubt about it, between the White Sox, twins, you name it. Um, but I think depending on the health of the pitching staff, which for better or for worse, this this little – I won't call it a lockout, but this suspension of play, it's going to help get everyone healthy for uh, you know whenever we do start play, I guess is the best way to put it.
2: Yeah, I, I think for now, the Indians are expected to be a team that can contend deep in the playoffs. Like, and, and, and I think that's the honest expectation, guys. I still think their pitching staff is going to be one of the better ones in the American League. And from Mo Reyes, has he peaked yet? We don't know. He's had a really good spring training. If he pans out to be the player we think he could be, if Jose Ramirez gets back to his level, the Cleveland Indians can still be a contender. If they are a playoff team, you keep Francisco Lindor because your window's still open then. If you're a playoff team, you're one of the few teams in there because baseball doesn't have this huge postseason bracket. Okay, They take the three division winners and then that wild card winner. I know they've talked about expanding or whatnot, but if, if you're the Cleveland Indians and you can be a playoff team, which is your expectation, you keep Lindor. But like you guys said, if you're not having a good season, what are you doing? Then you try to figure out a way to reload and the best way to reload that is use your best assets to get others in return.
1: Well said. And I think the Indians front office historically has done a fairly good job of that, whether the fans like it or not at the time. Um, but so Frank got disconnected from us for some reason, but we we'll, I know you're a busy guy, John. We'll let you enjoy your time uh, back in Ohio. We don't know how long, you know, this, this, I, I keep wanting to call it a lockout, but that's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with something way bigger than sports. Um, so, John, we, we do have one last question. I don't know. I don't think we asked it to you on your first ever appearance here, uh, but we have asked every guest since probably. Uh, if you could be any athlete, who would it be and why? So people have given us a lot, of different, um, a lot of different variations on this, in most cases, going on the professional route. They could be living, could be dead but if there's one guy that you'd love to emulate as a professional athlete, whose life would you take? (laughs) Wow. What a fascinating question. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard everything from Mike Trout to Tiger in his prime to, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of others, but uh, people have gone very interesting routes with this. No pressure. You can take your time. Uh, You can also abstain if you wish, because I know you're up in that business dealing.
2: No, no, I want to, I want to give it to you here. (laughs) <laughs> athlete or coach or just athlete
1: i you can go coach with it honestly cuz some there's some coaches out there with pretty darn good gigs i know i know and that's what i'm thinking about
2: man you know think about i'm trying to think here cuz i'm trying i'm just trying to look at everything and i want to give you a unique response um you know what if I could have been an athlete, I, I think that I would have to go with Adam Vinatieri because I was associated with championships and all I had to do was kick the football.
1: Wow. I, okay.
2: I like that spin. I didn't have to get roughed up. I really never got hurt. I had a long career. I made plenty of money and I kicked.
1: You, uh, you've got some... Good, you got some good value though. Okay, one. if I didn't Obviously. do that, then
2: I'd be Sean Rogers because to have been that big and make a living is amazing.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that spin on it. And oh man, I feel it. Like, how how long was he with the Browns? I, I don't even remember. It was a good chunk of time.
2: He was there for two or three years.
1: Yeah, three years. Yep. <laughs> Sean Rogers, boy, oh boy, weighed in at three fifty. Unbelievable stuff. He was unbelievable. I used to use him in Madden. I would use a prevent defense and put him in at safety. <laughs> oh, man. Prevent Well, John, you've got plenty of time for Madden now with, you know, this downtime, like you were saying. Um, and so we – I don't want to take any more of your time. Go spend it with your family. Uh, you know, when you're not on Twitter, because I swear to God, every 30 minutes I see something from you, if not more frequent. So you're doing a great job of interacting with the fans. We love following along as much as we can. Um, Thank
2: you guys for having
1: me. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks again. And uh, best of luck with, you know, if you didn't catch it in the middle of the interview, keep it up on full court press and go listen to John in his interview. He does great work there. Uh, And once sports get back up and running, he'll continue uh, the legacy he started creating. So John, thanks again.
2: Thank you guys. Thanks a lot, James and Frank. Anytime.
0: thanks john we really appreciate having him on always a great guest to have hopefully we'll have him on next year for 2021 march madness it will not be canceled i'll say it right now um i'm not i'm not going to jinx it i'm just going to say it's not going to be canceled uh john was great though uh one of the things he mentioned james that was really interesting to me was like the lives of some of the uh the workers that are working day to day and uh that's not just in the broadcasting sector. That's, that's really in a lot of parts of the economy right now. People are losing their jobs because of this coronavirus. And um, I get we got to stop the epidemic, uh, the pandemic from the, the virus from spreading. But it is an interesting thing that, you know, we're having some real economic consequences. And you're seeing that uh, in no, no better place in the stock market right now.
1: Yeah, it's been quite apparent. And last week alone. Um we were seeing basically ten percent moves both ways, like you saw on Friday it was probably the big- biggest jump in the stock market ever, but that was obviously you know after the fact that it had gone down uh such a substantial amount and just you know Monday of this week, we saw the biggest uh, drop since nineteen eighty seven if I'm not mistaken um so yeah it volatile is one way to put it, sad's another way to put it um not quite depression level, but sad I mean we're getting depressed. So, yeah, there's a a lot of different things to uh, look at. It. I'm not speaking for myself personally. I mean, I, it's just you know, a little play on words right there. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, things are going in lots of different directions, mostly down uh, and mostly all over the place. Like most sectors is what I meant to say. It's like not not really any one area is safe.
0: Yeah, even gold's going down, which is normally a hedge um, in times like this. But really, people want cash because they want to they want to raid the grocery stores. They want to get. All that toilet paper, um, I don't get. I don't get the
1: toilet paper craze. Can I say that real quick? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to contest you on that. I don't either. But I, I like, I, I
0: understand the hand sanitizer and the wipes craze. Like that makes sense. But like, how much toilet paper are these people using? I think I use a lot, and it, I still take a while to go
1: through a roll. You don't want to see me after a weekend. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I, I've been there. I've heard it come out of both ends. Uh, yep. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, but James. Thought we were talking it, markets. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: the market's really coming both ends, up and down. Um, it is truly once in a lifetime situation right now, guys. Like this is, this is the Great Depression, the type of volatility we're seeing. Uh, the last time we had nine, greater than 9% moves, which we just had uh, Thursday, Friday, Monday, that was the Great Depression in 1929, um, the beginning of it. So um, hopefully it's not a, a drawn out thing. Hopefully this is a, a six month shock, five month, you know, a couple of quarters. And then we're back to, you know, where we were. It's a, a V kind of a V bottom is what we're hoping for. Um, not only in the market, but in the economy mainly. Um, currently the S&P 500, it's already 28% off under four weeks. That's, and it could get a lot worse. You know, uh, we're thinking there's maybe going to be a domestic shutdown of travel, uh, air travel soon. I don't, I don't know for sure um james do you think the olympics are going to be i just i think there's no way the olympics go on
1: uh yeah probably I mean, not like just re- realistically e- a lot of planning has to even
0: if that. i mean the planning's kind of done but even if it's like the virus is mainly under control what if like you just restart an outbreak right there and then we 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 and we don't have the nfl or something in the fall like we need we need to take this seriously you guys need to stay home and social distance Um, but let's, let's talk about the market, James, a little bit more before we get into the social distancing. Um, there's been some huge carnage, uh, any, anything in particular that, that you're looking at with regards to a sector in the market or just, just, I don't know. What are you, what are you looking at? I've looked, I got some storylines here.
1: I'm trying not to look is the point (laughs) I'm trying to just, you know, live my day-to-day life without getting caught up in the, Oh, Oh shit. This happened today. Like. Oh, crap. There goes, you know, I'm a big Live Nation guy. I don't know if I've shouted that out on the pod before, but like, yeah, with all these events getting, you canceled. know, canceled and whatnot, they have to refund those tickets. They can't recognize that revenue. Boom, their, you know, financial statements are going to shit. So, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, yeah, they're hurting from this too. Hard to really feel bad for them in the terms of a corporation, but, you know, the people that work for them, yeah, also kind of sad. So, no, that was just off the, off the, hoof a little bit there but then also like you were mentioning if there is a domestic flight shutdown talk about a company like Boeing which already was having troubles with you know the 737 max um, that fleet was kind of experiencing yeah. issues and so beyond that now it's seeing additional drops from the fact that one what the demand for yeah. planes isn't there from <laughs> these airlines because they're not right churning now. yeah believe me they have outstanding orders that take a while to process but yeah, it's uh it's a mess for everyone.
0: Yeah, it really is. Uh one, one stock in particular that I, I don't think anything's really done worse than that has not gone bankrupt at least. Uh, Tilray, uh one of the pot stocks. Um this one IPO'd last July around twenty dollars, James. It had the crazy run-up to over three hundred uh within its first month and a half of trading. Now it is down from its high over ninety-nine percent. Uh that's around three dollars per share. So um, if if you are long term believing in uh, the marijuana industry, really anything you believe in long term, guys, uh, it's probably a good time to start buying in and buying in over the next few months if you have the the spare cash. Um, something I'm buying a little bit more of as it as it keeps falling. Bitcoin, uh, crypto markets really taking a dive as well because no one wants digital internet money right now, and I don't, I don't blame them. People want cash, as I said, um, and you know Bitcoin is kind of being correlated right now with the S and P 500 falling as well.
1: To be fair, I think we do. It's a hand up society at this point. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we said start buying the dip. Keep, a little too soon. Keep to buying, buying the dip. dip. Yeah, it was more of a continuous you won't time to bottom. Yeah, process. I don't know. I, I mean, stocks are they're they're at a good
0: affordable range long term. You should look. You should be looking at companies that have strong cash balances as well that can you know weather the storm. I really like Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. I know we've talked about him a little bit. Because they have over 120 billion in cash, um, just like sitting, and he's been waiting to make some acquisitions. Acquisitions, sorry. So I bet he'll be uh, looking to pick up some of these companies and help them get back on their feet and uh, help help Berkshire at the same time.
1: How, Frank? How would a listener go about getting into Berkshire Hathaway? What What are they Um at? So you can buy. They have like Class
0: A and Class B shares. You can buy their B shares for about 180 dollars now um per share it's brk.b is the uh ticker and yeah that's how you can go uh buy some berkshire that's that's one of the stocks i've been
1: buying on the dip look at that you're, you're educating the listeners and myself i had no idea i i knew they had two classes i didn't know the second yeah one was the first one the so.
0: BRK-A, dot A is like three hundred thousand dollars per share if if you would have bought that like you fifty know, years <laughs> ago, it would have been like ten dollars a share. But that's how much it's grown, like
1: insane. So stuff. when I get no, <laughs> when I get enough, you know, free capital, I'm either buying a home or I'm buying one class A share of Berkshire yeah. Hathaway. Sounds like a good plan. Um, but yeah, Frank, I guess what's worth noting is we still don't know what's going to happen going forward here. Um, it, things obviously are pointing towards, you know that they just announced earlier this week that there is a full lockdown in San Francisco. You already see it evident in France and Italy uh, to that end. Yeah. The Olympics aren't going to happen at this point. I'll just come out and say yeah, we'll now, um, now. We'll, we'll, we're canceling we the Olympics. Sadly. <laughs> Got to cite your, gotta you think, your think they could think just reschedule that so for next year. You, you could, but I, I don't, I don't know the logistics behind do they need all four years to plan. Something like that ahead of time, so I, I'm not going to speculate there, nor do I want to speed we, the listeners' we did minds. Call with, it canceled. We're canceling it already. We did cancel it. I would say we aren't going to make it up next year either. <laughs> I'd go that far. I'd say it's going to be an eight-year. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know Tokyo. My well sorry there. Tokyo, Japan. Um, but yeah, what else is going on? <laughs> um, so I obviously, yeah, I would say hold steady, take a deep breath, try to find the good in every day. Uh, whether that means avoid looking at Twitter because yeah, there's some nasty stuff on there, but also there's some good stuff too. You get a good laugh every once in a while out of something you see there. So the memes are out and about. They're they're hitting hard. Uh, Frank, we did mention at the top of the episode the Fed cut rates to zero percent and announced 700 billion in quantitative easing. And the market, so laughing, easing. At it.
0: The market said, "Know what? We're going to open up 10 percent down on Monday morning."
1: Yep. So they're trying, but it's not Yeah, I think
0: they had to do that to help the banks stay liquid and keep liquidity in the markets. That's why they they did that emergency cut to 0%. Um, But, you know, it's kind of breaking the dollar uh, when when rates are at 0%. It's kind of an interesting case study that we're going to see play out in real time over the next few years here. Um, I know a lot of other countries have been doing it, but um, the Fed, you know, we came into the year, James, this is kind of just crazy. We came into the year thinking they might raise rates a little bit more this year. You know, flat flat to maybe raise, (laughs) maybe drop. They had nine rate raises over the like the last two years, but coming into this year, uh, within a couple months, gone, all gone.
1: James is (laughs) yawning a little over there. I guess I'm boring (laughs) him. And it's gone. I saw I saw the money fly out. Yeah. And it's gone as South Park. And the government is
0: going to ramp up their fiscal stimulus. Trump said on, on Monday today uh, that they will support the airlines as well. There's going to be bailouts. There's going to be support of small businesses, support of individuals. So it'll be interesting to see how things go. And, you know, to make note of it, things are improving in China, China, really their cases are slowing down. Um, It'll be interesting to see if that continues to, you know, basically nothing. And, you know, they they kind of started ramping up in January, and you know, the coming on the end of March here. So maybe maybe by the end of April or mid May we could be ramping down, but we got to really take the social distancing seriously.
1: Yeah, Frank, I I think that's a good point. You've seen a lot of that on social media. Yeah. People pleading for young people to stop going out, and they're not they're not trying to say stop having fun. It's basically saying choose a different way to have fun while you are away from other people at least three feet at least six feet i don't i don't even know what the official term means anymore uh but all i know is i'm locked into my apartment the door is it is locked shut not welcoming any guests uh my blinds are closed i am socially distant i can assure you (laughs) of that um and uh but there's a couple things i can still do to have fun i'm not miserable doing it uh so frank let's go through a couple buy or sell items and things that you know, would you buy it or would you sell it as a good way to be socially distant and still have fun? Shaking hands. So let's start. Sell. Hands Quick sell, that's, guys. That's, not a good way to social distance. That's, yeah. I don't even know why you brought that up. Just erase that memory. Might have to cut that out. We're not doing video game games. Shaking. Elbow bumps. Elbow bumps, if anything. Video games, good. Um, if you are communicating over a microphone headset that's going to be shared with one of your roommates or anything like that, don't spit. If anything, you know, wipe it down after, but hard by Hard
0: James and I have been playing Call of Duty's new Battle Royale mode. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think the most fun is the gulag.
1: Yeah, so it's a similar, for those that are unaware, it's similar to Fortnite. And if, if you don't know what that means, that's okay too. Uh, but it means that you're there with a bunch of your buddies trying to kill people you don't know. Uh, and they're also doing the same thing with their buddies. So... But if you um, die, yeah, and then so you die, if you, you, you go, go to the gulag,
0: and uh, it's basically one-on-one yep. combat with another person who died, and the winner gets to go back to life. So
1: your your life, yeah, it's a good second life. chance thing. Just... Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a lot of fun, James. You're about to get MLB the show as well. MLB the show. I'm going to be going from the double A to a World Series by Easter. That's the timeline I set for myself. That gives me about oh, a little less than a month. I think I can do it. So basically i think i'm going to be a third baseman rise through the ranks of the indians farm system and bring home the bring home the hardware to carnegie on ontario that's my goal there um going to play out this season as if it were going to be a full season i don't think they're going to adjust that part of it um but yeah video games are a big buy during this time frank but i guess you wanted to talk a little bit about the markets i know you uh you're not upset or not not afraid to get in there and do some uh margin trading yeah. Both stock and crypto. yeah, I'm a big
0: fan of the uh, the margin trading. Um, it's it's gambling, guys. It's it's you know it's your alternative uh, sports betting. Uh, but watching crypto charts, the minute chart, it's it kind of gets exciting watching Bitcoin and Ethereum in, in times like this when there's a lot of volatility and you can make a lot of money. I've been I've been doing pretty well. Um, I'm I'm in a big short right now, to be honest, and uh, we're we're hovering right here. I would love a little dip. Um, it could be profitable for me but it is a lot of fun you guys can get involved with that on Kraken is what it's called K-R-A-K-E-N Kraken they're a US based company I think but they uh, they are like fully licensed to allow margin trading to US citizens so
1: Kraken just like yep. rum. Uh, the rum the sea, the sea beast of yeah, myth and legend the, Kraken
0: the sea beast exactly Love it. Um, James I was thinking this is a good one for you. Flirt with women in a time of crisis. You know, that's kind of a, a good excuse and using that as leverage. Um,
1: uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Oh. I'm going to sell that idea. I am selling flirting. I, I'm going off the grid. I was really uh, enjoying you know, the, you know, with any- the NBA being
0: canceled. I really needed to step up and be a man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a good meme. Uh, no, me over here, I'm, I'm looking to avoid physical contact or even emotional contact any way I can. So I'm shutting, shutting the, uh, any flirtation or advances what else out of my life. Uh, uh, no, you know, not too much else. The video games is a big part of it. I'm learning how to shuffle oh. cards. <laughs> I've never been able to shuffle in my life. So, you know, just get, put in a good 30 minutes a day, uh, that, and then playing the piano a little bit. So you, you've heard those intros at the start of our episode, working on those a little bit here and there. So, uh, all those things. And then a lot of Brooklyn nine, nine. I'm a, I am i am working my way through that cuz I have an ongoing season that I'm yeah I'm, I'm catching out. up on west still I'm catching two up seasons on west back road.
0: I'm a little behind
1: um but so let me just give the rundown there I I I I'm selling the Kraken I just don't think I can do that oh, I'm not going to be able to pay enough attention to day trade that well myself um but you can buy it you can buy it as much as you want yeah but that's, that's funny um
0: I'm buying that uh what about what else could we do we could have like
1: parties on FaceTime you know, you could, you
0: could do something creative to have a party.
1: What I, if, if you're being dead ass about that, I would do it. And we could play like Kings or something with one person dealing with the cards, inserting them yes, in the beer can. That's exactly what we and need to do. You got, card got games. like a six, six to eight person FaceTime uh, going around. But, how, how cool would it be to be playing death box and dishing out seconds? Uh, and you got everyone shouting around. Uh, could be, we should, we should a organize a little, a little party. This Friday, eh, i can't yeah, do I this, Friday. this Friday. Can't do that, but maybe that you know most other. Fridays I mean, this are this, open now.
0: this social distancing is going to go on for a month or so, so we've, we've got, got time exactly. to have these parties, guys. I- I'm excited for them. Um, what anything else? I think
1: no, I I, I that's enough buying and selling for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, guys. Sorry low. if we're
0: running a little long on the episode here, uh, but John was great. Obviously, you guys obviously listening to him more than us ranting right now, but James, what is the song of the week?
1: Well, Frank, I've been listening to a lot of different music during this down period is the best way I'm going to describe it. Um, the, you know, Lil Uzi Vert came out with a fire album the very next week came out with the deluxe version, some good ones on there. Uh, what's up featuring future, a personal favorite, but that's not our song of the week. Uh, I was also listening to the old John Mary you had pretty good, right? Um, yeah, pretty good stuff. What I will say, um, Junior Junior, an artist formerly known by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Junior, I'll just plug them and I'm going to make them the song of the week. Uh, I think it's a pretty, I guess, uh, applicable song for this time period because it's called The Good Old Days. Basically, the way I like to think of it, the good old days before the coronavirus. You know, we got to do what we wanted, when we wanted in this, this time of inst- instantaneity, I think is, uh, uh, I think that's a word. Definitely. Um can't, can't do that anymore, but those good old days, you know, two and a half, three weeks ago, they're gone you, know, you just got to appreciate them for what they were. Uh, the opening lyric in that song was, what if somebody really did break the internet? That's, that's
0: Boy, not the bait right
1: be, now though. We would I be, I think the effed. internet
0: could get shut down because so many people are using it right now from working from home and stuff. They're saying like the internet could, could struggle yeah. to hold the infrastructure together.
1: Well, that's what, you know, companies that like mine would are trying be to prevent, insane. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that, that lyric struck a chord with me. Like, well, if that did break, I'd believe they probably me, weren't I'd thinking very, that that was going to be like a month when when they, <laughs> no, the timing was really impeccable. It really yeah. was. Michael Moore said it best to me. He's like, that is just superb timing by them. So, yeah, um, that's the song of the week. It's a good one. It starts off kind of a little somber, but we'll let you get playing that and get socially distant. So, Enough listening to us ramble. You got plenty of other podcasts, shows, video games to play. So go forth with that. Frank, anything from you?
0: Uh, Peace be
2: with you all.